Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it. Sorry about this being um, a day late. Just had some things that I had to do and uh, wasn't able to get to it, but... Luckily, um, nothing happened in the interim uh, with my script and obviously getting the information I need to talk to you guys here today um, for this podcast podcast episode. This podcast episode and all of them are sponsored by the wonderful people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure when you sign up to use our promo code THPN. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a relatively action-packed episode here of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I mean... You can tell just right from the title, we're focusing on the Columbus Blue Jackets when it comes to the games. But then we're also going to be talking about some frustrating news that involves, obviously, COVID-19 and it continuing to be a major factor in this season. And once again, um, continuing to be a problem for the New Jersey Devils. So those are the main topics that we are going to be discussing today. So, as always, we have a lot to talk about here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off with the Devils game against the Columbus Blue Jackets back on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday, the 6th. And the Devils are coming in, obviously, off of the disappointing loss to the Boston Bruins, looking to bounce back, especially knowing that we got some really good news prior to that. And in the last episode, we talked about it, that it looked at first that Nico Heischer's injury was a broken foot and that he was going to be out long term and that it was going to be, you know, just a disaster. 
Um, but after the game against Boston, we got word that Nico's x-rays came back negative and that there really was no structural damage. And the doctors basically said for Nico that he could play as long as the pain tolerance is not, you know, as long as he has good pain tolerance, as long, you know, i.e. as long as the pain is not unbearable. And that's what Nico Heischer said when he practiced and had the morning skate prior to that game against Columbus. Lindy Ruff uh, was able to come back into the fold. So that obviously, you know, whether you like him or not, you know, it's great to just get some people back in the lineup. Jimmy Vesey obviously coming back. Tatar came back against the Boston Bruins. So we're starting to get some guys back in the lineup, which is, uh, which is obviously major. But obviously, Nico Heischer was the biggest news. I think it was the, the most important of the fact that he was going to be able to come back after missing one game with everything that happened prior to that, with the uncertainty as to whether or not he was going to be able to play the rest of the season, considering the, 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 uh, you know, how bad the injury at least looked right away. But fortunately, at least from what we're getting, it doesn't seem to be as bad. So Nico Kishir, uh, barring something else, is not going to be missing any time moving forward. It's just going to continue to play, which uh, you give him a lot of credit for. But yeah, that was the biggest news for the Devils. For Columbus, they're coming in after they got absolutely mollywhopped by the Tampa Bay Lightning in their previous game. The Blue Jackets were coming in on a two-game losing streak. So, and I had said this. Um, after the game against Boston, that these two games moving forward against Columbus were massive games for two reasons. One, it gives you an opportunity to move up in the standings in the Metropolitan Division, moving past Columbus and then potentially as well Philadelphia. But then it also gets you that much closer to that second wildcard spot that Boston still uh, holds at this moment. So you knew with it being a home and home, which, you know, the first game is in New Jersey, the second game is in Columbus. This was a really good opportunity for the Devils to get some wins, get five, you know, get wins in five of the last six and, and really, really continue to build on that confidence that they got when they had a three-game winning streak prior to losing to Boston. A big milestone for the Columbus Blue Jackets was that Jakob Voracek was in this game was going to be playing in his 1,000th career game. So Jakob Voracek, the longtime Philadelphia Flyer, traded in the offseason to Columbus, and he has done very, very well with this Columbus team. He's been very, very very impressive. He ends up he ends up getting an opportunity to play in his 1,000 career game. So shout out to Jakob Voracek for becoming the next NHL player to reach 1,000 career National Hockey League games. But the Devils came out in the first period of this game like a house on fire, like they normally do. And just 51 seconds into the game, Jack Hughes wins the faceoff on the left faceoff circle, gets it over to Jesper Bratt. Brad finds Tatar wide open in the slot. Tatar gets it, goes to his backhand, top shelf, and beats Corpusalo to give the Devils a one nothing lead. And that was exactly the type of start that you want. Tatar getting goals in back-to-back games since he got off the COVID list. So clearly... Tomas Tatar is starting to find his goal scoring touch, which is absolutely massive. It's exactly what we need right now, considering some of the major pieces that we're missing in our lineup. But the Devils, that was exactly a beautiful way to start the game. Unfortunately, though, the, uh, the lead did not last long as almost about four minutes later, Max Domi got the puck on a rebound and was able to lightly tap it with his backhand, beating Black one and in. And, you know, I, at first, I first when I when I first saw the play, I, I initially said, "Oh, that's that's got to be on Blackwood." But really, it was just one of those bad bounces that we've seen the Devils give up from time to time in the last, certainly in the last couple of games. Certainly, you know when you know when the Devils played uh, Boston um, 
uh, the previous week. But nonetheless, Max Domi was able to tie the game up at one. And so right away, you know, not even five minutes in, both teams had scored. So it kind of looked like we were in the makings of what was potentially going to be a high-scoring game. But both teams kind of settled down after those first five minutes. Both Corpusalo and especially Mackenzie Blackwood with just seconds to go in the period made some unreal saves to deny both teams from getting themselves a lead. And as a result of that, the first period ended with the score being one-to-one. But that's saved by Mackenzie Blackwood just diving over to his right side to deny several Blue Jacket players. It just, again, shows you, you know, what type of talent that Mackenzie Blackwood has and what he's able to do when he's really on his game. And he certainly was on top of his game. Um, you go into the second period, both teams, you know, had, when I look at it, they, they really, both of them only had like one you know, really awesome chance to score. For the Devils, uh, it was Dawson Mercer, just a couple of minutes into the period, came down the right side, took a shot that beat Corpusalo far side, but it rang it off the pipe. So that was a bad break for Dawson Mercer, who's starting to get back into the level of play that he was having earlier uh, this season. Uh, also, Boquist got stopped on a rebound try on that same uh, rush. And then Ryan Graves got the puck eventually as well on that rush and also got denied by Corpusalo. So the Devils had really three guys with a golden chance to score there and none of them could find the back of the net. And then you got Patrick Line for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hell of a goal scorer. One of my favorite players in the National Hockey League. One of my favorite goal scorers in the National Hockey League. He, he did a nice deke around one of the Devils defensemen. I think it might have been Damon Severson. He got it to his forehand, and he just rifled it past Blackwood, but also it rang off the post. I mean, an inch to the left, and the Blue Jackets have the lead. But both teams uh, rang it off the post in that period. That was the best chance for either team to score, but neither one did. And so after two periods of play, the game is tied at one. So when you look at it from the Devils' perspective, you're feeling a little bit uneasy because obviously you know you're in a tight game it's tied uh and you know you're taking on a team that's in front of you in the standings and you you want to win and you also don't want to give columbus any points as all you know at all you want to get past them and get themselves that big victory and the devils really came out with a mission in this third period to get themselves going again like they did just seconds into the beginning of this game and started just peppering Corpusalo with shots. And if it wasn't for Corpusalo, the Devils could have scored four or five times in that period. Corpusalo was absolutely tremendous in net. And I know there's a lot of speculation that he might be that goaltender that uh, Columbus ends up moving on from. And if he keeps playing this way, there's going to be a lot of teams, even the New Jersey Devils to an extent, that very much could be interested in making an offer for uh, Corpusal. And I think it all depends on where Columbus ends up being when we get to the deadline, or it might be sooner than that. We shall see. Um, and I may, I may do an episode um, about potentially what the Devils could do when it comes to the goaltending position, because it's still a major point of concern uh, moving forward. But going back to the game, you go to just about a minute 14 into the period. While on the power play of all things, Jack Hughes comes down the left side, looked like he was just going to take it around the net. But just before he went around the net, he fired it right into the slot where Jesper Bratt was streaking up the center of the ice, got a one-time pass from Jack Hughes, and Jesper Bratt beats Corpusal low. Um, outside into the back of the net and the Devils regain the lead at two to one. The Devils continuing to improve more and more in the power play. 
And the more that I see it, the more I feel like, wow, maybe the Devils really did need those, you know, nine days off, you know, the holiday break to kind of settle everything down. Because now a lot of things that the Devils weren't doing before, they're starting to do. Penalty kills continue to get better. The power play is slowly but surely getting more consistent and, and guys are finding the back of the net, which is huge. And for Jesper Brett, that was his 10th goal of the year. And he became the first Devils player to reach 10 goals this year. The Devils are going to definitely have a handful of guys that are going to get the double digits and goals. Um, but Jesper Brett's going to end up being the first one, not surprisingly, continuing to tear it up the season. Arguably, you can say this is the best season that statistically that Jesper Brett has had um, since coming into the NHL. But the Devils continued to pressure um, Columbus. It just felt like from the you know, the first puck drop of that third period to the end, Columbus really struggled to generate much of anything. They just, it looked like they were just playing on their heels most of the time and the doubles were just coming at them. Dawson Mercer got a partial breakaway opportunity with about seven minutes to go. He beat Corpusalo, but he rang it off the post again. Um, and then the doubles right after that got too many men on the ice. So I kind of wonder if Mercer had scored, would the goal still have counted? I don't know. But uh, Mercer definitely had uh, an unlucky game uh, to, to put it, to just put it bluntly. It was just an unlucky game for him, a couple posts. But if he keeps attacking like that, he's going to find the back of the net and he's going to get himself going again like he did earlier on this year. But the Devils continued to pressure and eventually Columbus had to pull their goaltender down a goal. And you definitely felt, again, worried because it's a one-goal lead late in the game and you're hoping that the Devils don't go into their defensive shell and just play back and don't try to get that empty net goal. Well, the Devils got a big block from Ryan Graves with just about a little bit more than a minute. Let's say like a minute, a minute 25 to go. Big block. Jack Hughes picks up the puck and rifles it three quarters of the ice. It hits off of a blue jacket trying to keep it from going in and ends up still rolling in and into the back of the net. And the Devils get themselves an empty net goal. Jack Hughes getting one, which was absolutely massive. The Devils are able to make it three to one with a minute 20 left. And that is all she wrote as the Devils get a big victory at home, a big bounce back victory after the loss to Boston. Now I'm getting wins in four of the last five games and also moving up in the standings, which is really, really important. Jack Hughes having himself another multi-point game, a goal and two assists being involved in every goal the Devils scored. And like I mentioned before, Jesper Bratt uh, became the first Devil this year to reach 10 or more goals on the season. But really, when you look at it, the Devils, you, you saw the first couple minutes of the game flying. This is what we've grown accustomed to. They come out in most of these games like a house on fire, like they're going to dictate the pace the whole night. And then, you know, the other team starts to push back and the Devils kind of struggle to get it back. But the Devils have proven to continue to be a dominant third period team. They go into the third period tied at one. They get two goals, including an empty netter and a power play goal, and they win the game. And I think that was definitely one of those wins that the Devils have this year where you say they deserve to win this game. They were the better team, and they earned that victory. So that was a big win for the Devils to move up. And, and you look at it going into Saturday's game, you say, okay, now if we can keep, you know, keep this rolling here, we get an opportunity to get two more points if we if we do this. And look, the Devils haven't beaten the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus since I believe 2017. So that's another streak, kind of like what you know we had earlier with Washington. You want to try to break that streak as well and start a new streak, hopefully um, with winning. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL 
is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If sports pick isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with daily DraftKings Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So now let's go over to the next game, which again, against the Columbus Blue Jackets, this time on Saturday in Columbus. Devils looking to continue to uh, play well and get another victory. Uh, if they get the win, that's two in a row, five of the last six. Um, the Devils, again, in more and more shorthanded as uh, Jesper Brett ended up going on the COVID list as well. And it's, it's frustrating that it, you look at these last five, six games, and it seems like the Devils are always without one or two uh, guys, whether they're main guys or not, they're just low on bodies. And it's very, very frustrating to see uh, guys. I mean, we saw AJ Greer play. I mean, student each had to play big minutes. I mean, there, there are guys that have to come in here and play um, in unexpected roles, so to speak. They just, you know, you do not prepare for it. And it's very frustrating. And look, I get it that not every team in the NHL is dealing with this right now, but there are a, a decent amount of teams that are dealing with the same thing the Devils are dealing with. Um, it's just unfortunate that the Devils, uh, especially with COVID, when you go to last year and even this year, the Devils have been one of the top teams when it comes to really struggling to have a lot of healthy bodies. And it's good that the NHL brought back the taxi squad and things like that, because um, just like last year, at this time of the year, with the weather being colder and everything like that, COVID becomes that much more of a factor than it was, you know, early in the season in the summer when, you know, everything looked like it was making a turn for the better. But, you know, this is just another one of the many adversities that this team has had to face. Um, and uh, again, it's just another situation of next man up, so to speak. I mean, and again, it's just getting, trying to get enough bodies to play. Uh, but like I said before, um, you know, trying to get wins in five of your last six and moving to within at least one point of um, at least going into the game before the game, moving into at least one point of Boston for that um, for that second wildcard spot. So, again, huge, huge opportunity was a little bit surprised that Mackenzie Blackwood got the start. I thought that this would be kind of a good time to let Akira Schmidt or even potentially John Gillies um, get an opportunity to play, especially knowing that your next game was going to be against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You would like to um, have your number one guy go up against a very talented Tampa Bay Lightning team to try to get that win. But the Devils decided to go with Blackwood. And I think, again, that kind of just shows the level of um, the level of of not being confident in your backup goalie position. And in the next episode that I do, um, I'm going to talk more in depth about that and give you some reasonable slash maybe unreasonable options for what the Devils could potentially do if they're looking to try to get a legit 
uh, backup goaltender because obviously Jonathan Bernier is gone. Akira Schmidt's just not ready. John Gillies, I mean, he's just not what he's a fringe backup goaltender in the NHL. And Nico Dawes is out, um, you know, long term. Americs Mittens has not played in the NHL. So we have a lot of inexperience um, in the backup goalie position behind Blackwood. So that's something that needs to be addressed. And we'll talk about that more in the next episode. But you go into this game and Columbus wanted to come in, send a message that they were going to have a better showing. Uh, I know that uh, the Columbus head coach had the team have a really, really hard practice the day before to get themselves ready for this game. And they wasted very little time as just two of one into the game on the power play, the devil's killer. It used to be Patrick Sharp, you know, the guy that scores every time they play the devils. Nowadays, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand that scored on a one-time, uh, one-time pass, just got a great pass from Voracek in the slot, one-time shot that beat Blackwood to give the Blue Jackets a one-nothing lead. It was great passing sequence. Line A on the right side, gave it over to the left of Voracek, right to Bjorkstrand, who had just a little bit of time to get that one, that, that nice pass on the one-time shot, and Blackwood just couldn't get over there in time to stop it. And so the Blue Jackets on the power play strike first making it one nothing, But the Jackets were not done in this period as just two minutes later, Boone Jenner comes down the right side looking like, kind of like what I was saying before about Jack Hughes in the previous game. Jenner comes around looking like he's going to just take it around the net. He tried to basically pass it in front because there was somebody in front. Um, and it ended up hitting Jack Hughes's right skate as he's coming by and it beats Blackwood and into the net for a lucky bounce for Columbus and a 2 nothing lead. So again, this is just something that we've gotten used to with other teams getting some lucky goal. We saw with Columbus, we saw with Boston, and now we saw it with uh, with Columbus. So at this point, you know, you look at it four four or so minutes in, you're down to nothing. So it's understandable if you feel like, well, the Devils probably are not going to make any sort of fight, especially when you look at the fact that this is a very depleted team that the De- that the Blue Jackets are facing, um, a depleted team just from the previous game two days earlier. So that's kind of the situation that we're in and it's very frustrating, but the devils like they've done so many times this year would push back and it would come late in the first period as it started with Nico Kishir getting a pass right in the slot and just a beautiful snipe past the glove of Corpus Solomon into the net with 519 to go in the period to cut the deficit in half. Nico Kishir continuing to get himself going on the score sheet, getting, you know, he's gotten three goals in the last couple of games, really starting to play well, growing out that, that really, really impressive beard and mustache, I might add. I mean, he's really, he's really grown, you know, physically in front of our eyes. Like I remember him when he was 17, 18 years old with no facial hair, and now he's trying to grow a beard and a stash. So it's just kind of crazy how far uh, he's come when it comes to the facial hair. But Nico Kishir getting on the board and cutting the deficit in half to one. And then with just 20 seconds to go, Devils are in the offensive zone. Dawson Mercer with a great job on the forecheck, intercepts the puck on the right on the right side, right by the corner, makes a nice pass over to a streaking Jimmy Vesey who came off the bench, and Vesey going top shelf, chef's kiss type goal past the glove of Corpus Allo. It was a beautiful goal, beautiful goal into the back of the net to tie the game up at two. And that was a big time goal for VZ, who just recently came off the COVID list and the Devils to be down to nothing early in this game, game to by the time you end the first period, the game is tied at two. 
So at this point, I felt super confident that the Devils were going to grab that momentum, grab it by the throat, and they were going to go down and they were going to dominate the rest of this game. That's, that's how I felt because I felt like at that point, the Devils had all the momentum. But unfortunately, in the second period, Columbus would retake the lead uh, nine, nine and a half minutes into it as Sean Corrales just made a big time hit on Ty Smith behind the net as Smith was just trying to get it out. He made a pass out in front that um, was originally blocked, but then it ended up eventually being knocked in by Yegor uh, uh, Chinikov, uh, the, the very talented, one of the top prospects um, for the Columbus Blue Jackets, scoring just his second goal of the year, scoring on a rebound, and the Blue Jackets would regain the lead at 3-2. to two. However, just about three minutes or so later, Devils coming into the zone, and it's Marion Studenese got him pass in front. He was able to knock it in, you know, on a rebound through the legs of Corpus and in to tie the game up at three. And I really have to say this. Marion Studenich, I don't know what he did this offseason, but you can see the speed is, is there a lot more. You can see that he's way more aggressive. You can see that he's trying to get well, you know, much more involved in the play, just in general. And even when he got called up the first time this year, you could see it right away that he was a different player in a positive way. And he's really, really made some decent contributions and finally gets himself on the score sheet for the first time this year. And I got to say, you know, he may end, eventually end up being like a, a bottom six type player, but if he's generating that type of speed, physicality, and, and just doing what he's been able to do of late success-wise, he's going to be a very, very invaluable part to this team moving forward. So I like the, I like the way that Studenich has been playing, and he finally gets rewarded by getting that goal. And then we go to one of the most crucial parts of the game. And in my opinion, maybe the maybe the the moment in the game that won the Blue Jackets the game eventually. Because with 13 seconds left, the Devils are on the power play. Nico Heischer gets the puck on the right side, wide open net. I'm thinking he's going to score. We're going to get a goal late in the period again, and we're going to grab the lead. But Corpusalo got over. Great T-push from his right to his left. Dove over and made an unreal glove save on Nico Heischer to deny him and prevent the Devils from taking the lead there. And that was absolutely phenomenal as the period did end up uh, tied at three goals apiece. And I honestly can say this, that save turned the entire game in favor of Columbus. It, it was one of those things where they didn't score to end the period, but they grabbed the momentum anyway because of just a phenomenal save by your goaltender. And that's sometimes what happens. It was just an unreal save. And the Blue Jackets would take that momentum going into the third and early on really, really dictate the pace and just five minutes in, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand scoring again on a one-time shot on the left side off the post and in. Blackwood tried to get over there in time, but just a step slow. And Bjorkstrand, that damn devil's killer, scoring again, his second of the game. And the Blue Jackets, for the third time tonight, grabbed themselves the lead. But after that goal, the Devils had one of their better third periods that they didn't score. I mean, they just came out and peppered Corpusalo again with shot after shot and it just felt like at some point that something was going to give and Jack Hughes got the puck with a little bit less than three minutes to go he had it waited 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 tried to go backhand far side but another beautiful glove hand save by Corpusalo denied Jack Hughes of what would have been the tying goal and he shut the door so Corpusalo with two tremendous glove saves in the second and third periods to deny the Devils 
um, of a goal. And the Devils kept pressing and pressing, but they could not get that goal. And the Devils ended up dropping this one in Columbus by the score of four to three. And with the win, Columbus moves to 16-16-1 for 33 points. And the Devils fall to 14-17-5, which also gets them 33 points. And at the time of this recording, the Devils are currently five points out of the second wild card spot. But I will say this, honestly and truly, that was one of the best Devils games that I've seen this team play that they did not win. I really felt like many times that this team deserved a better result than what it got. But Corpusalo really just made two unreal saves that could have very well turned the game in the Devils' favor. If the Devils, in my opinion, go into the third period up four to three, I think they win that game. I think if the Devils scored that goal, I think if Jack Hughes was able to score and not got, get robbed there and tie the game, I think the Devils eventually win it. Maybe they have to go to overtime or shootout, but I think they end up winning it. But Corpusal, you got to tip your cap. You got to, you know, you got to salute him there. He, he really did a good job of, you know, coming through when the Blue Jackets needed him most and got themselves a win. That ends their three-game losing streak. And uh, it's frustrating for us, but I still look at it like you've won four of your last six games. You're playing better hockey. You're being competitive. And again, you're you're very much depleted because of COVID and injuries like that. It, it's a very difficult time right now. But still, for this team to compete the way it's been competing, I would love to see them continue to do this uh, moving forward. But the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about today is the Devils COVID problem. And this was something that, again, we knew was going to continue to be an issue. The Devils now have the third most personnel in the COVID protocols right now. I think right. I think now it's just all players. Currently, it's Yanni Kwokinen, Damon Severson, Nate Bastian, Jesper Brett, Mason Geertsen, Dougie Hamilton, Andreas Johnson, uh, Yegor Shurgovich, and Pavel Zaka. And also Alexander Holtz and Kevin Ball, who were up here last week, are in protocol for Utica. So if you want to count them, that's nine players right there. Um, and because of that, on Sunday afternoon, the Devils announced that their game on Monday, which, you know, should have happened yesterday, um, was postponed and will be made up at a later date. So the next game the Devils have scheduled will be this upcoming Thursday in Long Island against the New York Islanders. Uh, again, looking to try to get their first road victory against the Islanders this season. It's the only game scheduled for the Devils in the next 10 days as their other two games after that against Montreal and Toronto next week have also been postponed due to COVID situations in Canada and also with the teams as well. Uh, the next game after the, after the game against the Islanders will not be until the 19th of January when they're at home against the Arizona Coyotes. So right now, at the time of this recording, the Devils have six games that they need to make up. Uh, two home games against the Canadians and the Lightning, and then away games against the Penguins, the St. Louis Blues, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's, um, that's definitely frustrating. Not the worst in the world, but again, to be one of the top teams when it comes to having a lot of people on the COVID list is, again, not what you want to hear. But the hope is, obviously, that uh, with uh, some time off now, with some time off after the game against the Islanders, that guys start to come back and that we're a lot healthier by the time we start getting on a consistent schedule again. And look, I would say this, guys. Don't worry about the standings. Don't worry about falling in the standings because at the end of the day, the Devils can't gain any points in games that they don't play. 
So eventually the Devils are going to play and they're going to eventually play a lot of games. There's going to be potential for back-to-back games. So it's going to be very tough once we get into, you know, February and even early March when we get close to the deadline. It's going to be interesting to see how the Devils uh, move forward from there. We also did get some really positive news on Monday as Miles Wood posted on his Instagram story that he was actually skating for the first time since he got um, hurt with a hip injury back in the preseason. So it looks like that there may potentially be a possibility late in the season that Wood could get back. There's a lot of things that have to go right. Uh, He has to continue to skate, eventually practice, and then be cleared and all that and go from there. But if there's some chance that Miles Wood could come back uh, especially if the Devils are in a position where they're still competing for a playoff spot, be absolutely massive for a guy that uh, the Devils sorely miss in their lineup right now and would love to get back because of his speed, physicality, and even leadership to an extent. Um, so we shall see what happens with Miles Wood, and we'll see what happens with the Devils. So, um, yeah, really, this episode, and well, I would say next episode won't be much of a game recap. There might be some rumors, but I think I'm mostly going to focus on um, – on the goaltending situation also in the next episode. And I will also mention this on Instagram at devil state of mind. And also on Twitter at devil state, uh, the winner of the Nico Kishir autograph puck sponsored by uh, sports minded unlimited memorabilia. Um, I will get all the names. I will do a wheel and everything like that. And then we will make an announcement on all of our socials as to who wins. And I will also make an announcement again, um, here on the podcast as well, in case for some reason the person that wins didn't get notified, which I don't know how that would be possible. But we shall see what happens moving forward.